Hey you, welcome to the Real Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Abigail Drayback. This podcast is all about being ridiculous, relatable, and real. May this serve as a place where we as women can laugh together, cry together, and as I like to say, call one another up. So I invite you on this complicated and messy journey to discover what it looks like to be real with each other, and most importantly, ourselves. So let's do it, girl. Let's get real. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're tuning in, and I'm so glad we're able to spend this time together. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate you, how much I appreciate hearing from you all, and I'm just so thankful that we get to go on this journey together on discovering what does it look like to be real with each other, and most importantly, ourselves. So today's podcast is going to be about Polish men and loneliness, and maybe some other side tangents as you're getting to know me, but those are going to be the two main topics. So you're probably thinking right now, Polish men, okay, what the heck, Abigail, are you talking about? Well, why don't I just share with you? So a couple years ago, I decided to travel alone for the first time, and in fact, I decided to take my first flight alone overseas. I was excited, I was giddy, I I wasn't nervous at all. That could have been ignorance, but I just was super excited to go overseas um, to do a mission that I really felt called to. Now in that, you know, flying alone can be intimidating, uh, you know, just trying to make sure that you're getting to the right place, getting to the right seat, all the anxieties that come with that, as many of you know, will I be by the window seat? Who will be sitting next to me? It's, it's, it's a time. Well, here I am just trying to figure out life and I finally find my seat. And of course it's the middle seat. So huzzah. And on this plane, I decided to, uh, you know, fly a lot Polish because why not? It was an airline that I had previously flown with before and I felt very comfortable with it, but it's a Polish airline, so they don't really speak much English, um, which I was fine with, um, but I had no idea that that meant um, solely then more Polish people would be on there, which you'd think I would connect the, you know, Polish, Polish people. I just didn't. I just have figured, you know, for in the United States, probably majority Americans were going to be on this plane. No, there was not. Um, in fact, uh, I was blessed with probably the most attractive sea partner ever and probably maybe the more less desirable sea partner. Um, see when I got to my seat, uh, there was a guy who sat to the right of me and um, he was a pretty heavy set dude and they even had to get him a second seatbelt. So with that, I was already crammed. I was already nervous and I was like, oh my goodness, I have no like place to really put any of my stuff or myself for that matter on this plane. Whoever's going to be by the window is going to be stuck with me so close to them. And so I'm just praying, God, please let it be somebody decent. Come on. And all of a sudden there this guy was. I tell you, it was literally like the the lights of the plane started dimming. And there he was with the one hallway light on him. And it was the, the most attractive Polish man I have ever seen. No lie. I was like, oh, God, you provided. Yes, you did. Amen. Huzzah. And he comes by and, of course, sits next to me. And I'm like, this is too good to be true. Like, wow. Like, I am just so pumped. 
So I'm young. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I have eyes. And uh, like, he's cute, guys. Come on. And so like, I'm just like playing coy. Try talking to him. He doesn't speak hardly any English. So great. So the this this attractive Polish guy who was like, maybe we'll have a moment, you know? I like every girl's fantasy traveling traveling cross culturally and thinking like, maybe I'll have my Lizzie McGuire moment. Oh my gosh, for all those youngins like me who you know have ever seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about, okay? Okay. So here, yep, there I am. And we get about an hour into this flight. Okay. And I'm prepared for this flight. I got gum. I got hand sanitizer. Like, like my ears won't be popping because of that elevation. Like, I am ready. Okay. And I filled up my water bottle right before I got onto the plane. And it's one of those water bottles that literally, like, you flip the top, like, the and the straw pops up. So, I'm thirsty. I'm like, all right, let's hydrate. Let's hydrate. And I flipped this top of this water bottle and literally that's when my whole world came crashing down. <laughs> A little melodramatic, but it, for the moment it was very fitting. All of a sudden, even though I was aware that elevation, like the air pressure, like changes like your ears, I had no idea or like never crossed my mind that it could possibly affect the pressure of my water bottle. Literally, I opened this top of this water bottle and literally water shoots out of the top of it like a fire hydrant. The pressure is phenomenal. The execution was incredible and I was soaked. It was like a geyser was going off in the middle seat. I I didn't know what to do. I was like started like, like wiggling my hands and like spraying it everywhere and I ended up getting the guys like the guy to my right a little bit wet but mainly the cute Polish guy wet and of course yours truly was soaked and I didn't know what to do and it just kept going off and the water just never stopped. So I just like sh like shoved the straw in my mouth and just started inhaling and that's when I discovered I had a great um like lung span cuz holy Toledo. Wow like sucked up the rest of that. So yeah, how attractive for this Polish man to be sitting next to this obnoxious American who doesn't even understand how to drink water and, you know, douses like a freaking hose power like all over him and the guy next to him. So there I am. I start laughing because what do you do when you're trying to compensate for awkward and comfortable situations? If you're me, you laugh even more and you get even more giggly. And, and so I'm just like, all right, I have nine more hours in my soaking wet clothes next to this guy who probably hates my guts now. And all right, we're winning. So, I mean, I was trying to play like coy and like quiet, but man, now this guy, like, if he didn't have, like, if I wasn't, like, in his sight before, I was definitely now, okay? Sometimes we just gotta, like, work a little bit faster. So, I didn't know what to do. I was soaking wet, and so was he. And so, typically on long flights, you get offered, like, a pillow and a blanket. So, I unpack my blanket and start, like, drying him awkwardly and give it to him. And this guy literally is looking at me like, who the heck are you? And I'm trying to apologize, but I don't know any Polish. And and then eventually he figure he Googles a word 
and the word was funny. So he thought it was funny, but I was just like, all right, there goes my chances, like whatever. And I'm like, wait a second. He just said it was funny. So I'm like, there could be redemption. There could be. We get through the rest of the flight. Nothing really dramatic happens after that. And we're walking off of the plane once we finally arrive in Poland. And, you know, I'm trying to redeem myself, ladies. Oh my goodness, I'm trying so hard. And so I start trying to talk to him again, you know, uh, flipping my sweaty saliva hair, uh, having that like slow-mo moment. And as I'm trying to apologize yet again to this guy, I walk into a pure like glass wall just walk right into it talk about a conversation stopper literally I walked so hard into it that like I was on the verge of a bloody nose this guy starts laughing again (laughs) and and so gracefully and so kindly points me to the proper exit you know not you know the wall And also to the bathroom because I looked like such a hot mess that he had the, he had the need or maybe just like the grace enough to like show me or tell me that I need to check myself because, uh, uh, I was not, I was not looking too hot there guys. Um, and so isn't it funny, you know, how in life we often try to plan these things out so on the plane I'm like planning out my Lizzie McGuire moment and I'm like gosh ah you know like maybe he could be it like come on really could he could he really probably not he's probably just a guy you're gonna sit next to on the plane um but I it's I think this this planning these things out is our way in life of attempting to take control somehow like Somehow, this is how this job's going to work out. So I'll plan out how this is going to happen at this date. I'm going to move there at that date and so on and so on and so forth in relationships. But it's funny is that this planning is that this this need for companionship, which is what I was looking for, you know, cute Polish guy, maybe, I don't know. Um, Fun fact, apparently my... Actually, I'm not going to share my lecture. Okay. Anyway, fun fact. My last name, Drabeck, is apparently Polish, which I didn't see in my ancestrydna.com like results, but maybe. Um, but apparently the flight attendant told me because like she was like trying to talk to me in Polish and like I kept responding in English and like she was like yelling at me. Um, but it turns out she was yelling at me because she thought I was uh, actually Polish and I was just being like a snot and not responding to her. Um, as a Polish flight attendant who did speak English translated. So interesting, interesting fun fact, random sidebar. Anyway, so isn't that interesting how we just get so caught up in how we're going to plan or how we could meet that future someone because we really want that need for companionship. Like I was alone on the plane and like I didn't feel lonely or alone, um, really, um, until like somebody of like potential, potential air quotes, um, showed up. And so it's funny because like, as we start planning those next steps, um, it often distracts us from taking the right steps that are right in front of us. Like me, because I was so focused on apologizing and planning what I was going to say to this 
cute Polish guy that I was going to redeem myself, I ended up hitting a wall because I wasn't looking where I was going because I wasn't focused on the exit or like, you know, properly getting to the next part of the airport. I hit a wall. How many times of us have done something like that in relationships where we've hit a wall because because we have that need or that most importantly, that want of companionship? You see, that want for companionship can be one of the most distracting things in our lives. Why is that there? Some say because they are lonely. Well, okay, you're lonely. What does loneliness mean? Okay, so loneliness, it can be said to be a feeling of being sad and unhappy about being socially isolated. Well, heck, I'm sure all of us right now are feeling that, okay? I'm sure we are. Researchers say that loneliness can only be um, really counted as loneliness as if a person feels it more than once a week. It's also said that loneliness is the state of um, discomfort that results from one being from one perceiving a gap between one's desire for social connection and actual experiences. So what does that mean? Uh, you know, we're thinking we want something, but we're perceiving that we're not getting it or that we're getting it in certain ways. Okay, so that gap, that gap really looks different for us all, okay? So, uh... It could look like, for me, that gap in that moment was like, I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm traveling alone, you know, pretty cool. Yeah. Like, whatever. And all of a sudden, here's this great, like, attractive uh, Polish dude. And uh, that gap is that, like, oh, like, who do I have in my life? Why am I traveling alone? Well, there'll be other people, you know, like this, like whatever, all of a sudden this da, 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 da. Am I lonely because I don't have somebody physically near me or what? See, that gap looks different for us all. See, that gap doesn't always mean though social isolation. It doesn't mean physical, always physical distance. See, that gap could be a husband or a wife that doesn't feel seen or heard from their partner on a certain matter or for who they are. It could be an employee that doesn't feel valued by their employer for their creative ideas and constant labor. It could be a friend who doesn't feel validated um, or accepted or as pursued in their friendship by their friends as maybe they pursue their friends. It could be that little kid on the playground who is not cool enough to join the group game of tag. See, we have all felt loneliness in varying levels and ways, feeling left out. We don't feel connected to people even though people are around us. Researchers 10 years ago started this conversation. They started this conversation about loneliness, that loneliness is possibly on the verge of becoming an epidemic. They said this because in a 2010 survey, um, they did, they found that 40%, 40 of Americans were regularly feeling lonely, which means they were feeling that more than once a week. 40%, that's almost half, half of Americans. I wonder 
you know, 10 years later, 2020, you know, COVID. I wonder what researchers think today. See, if, if loneliness was on the verge of being an epidemic then, what do you think it is now? In the midst of a pandemic where our government is recommenda- recommending and enforcing social distance, both physically, uh, mainly physically, and, and isolation, they're forcing one of the most biggest triggers for loneliness. Now, I'm not saying that's right and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's a fact. Now stop. Think for a second. Have you or are you lonely? I, in the midst of the beginning of this COVID-19 ordeal, um, which has been going on a while, um, I became very lonely. Uh, you see, at the beginning of this deal, I was still in college, and I decided that it was time, you know, it was time to prove to other people that being alone was a choice, um, meaning that I choose to be alone, not that I am alone, especially in the area of relationships. Now, this will probably come to more podcasts, but I somehow managed to attract quite the most interesting characters for men. The most bizarre from stalkers to strangers to whatever. I, for some reason, attract a lot of different types of men who are not necessarily my type or anybody's for that matter. Okay. Um, not saying they're, some of them are great guys. So like, if some of you are listening, like you've been great guys, like some of them are good, but like most of them are not. Okay. Not going to lie. Very creepy, stalkery, obsessive, clingy, you name it. I just honestly could be, I literally like, okay. In college, let's be transparent. Like, especially in the winter, I do not get really cute. Okay. I put on my like baseball cap sweatshirt and my winter boots that's literally my look every day all day and yet don't wash my hair and even in the midst of that I have guys ask me out and I'm just like not even wearing makeup I'm just like all right I literally couldn't do anything else to repel you and yet you still come I don't know what that is about so I'm sick of it like I got to this point where I'm like I'm done like girls like I wanted to prove to Uh, Those around me, and most importantly, I really wanted to prove to myself that I could attract people other than uh, creepers. Let's be real. So, I did something that I never thought I would do. I joined an online dating app. I joined, basically, the millennial version of Christian Mingle. (laughs) Um, It's a very new app, and there's not a lot of users on it. And it's, it's structured very appropriately and very well, I will say that. But I never thought I would join online dating. So I joined this app. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I never felt lonely um, before going on this app. Like, I never had that feeling of, like, I'm so alone. And I don't feel connected to other people. Or or I don't feel left out. Like, I, I didn't feel that. Like, I'm a social person. I'm involved in a lot of things. And, like, 
I'm pretty independent and I just never felt like I was missing out on something until I joined this app. And so in the midst of this app, I went in initially with a bad heart posture. I went in trying to prove that, you know, I something that wasn't the goal of the whole structure of the app. Structure of app of the app is to find somebody with like-minded um, morals and values and personality and whatever, or maybe different. I mean, whatever floats your boat. Um, but so I went into it though, trying to be like, nope, I can get good guys. Like also like if I happen to find a great Christian man who's semi-normal, huzzah, that's a bonus. Um, not the great mindset, not a great mindset. And so as I start this app, I start getting matches and matches and matches and it's kind of exciting and um, it starts like triggering like that reward center in my brain. I'm like, huzzah, like we all have reward centers and I'm just like, never did I think an online dating app would like activate that and make it like as exciting as it would to be like, I don't know, like purging on shopping or cliff jumping or whatever. It became something to look forward to each day. It was almost like a game, a very unhealthy game. Now, everything that happened on the app and in conversations was rated G. It was all good and it was all appropriate. Um, and so, because that's just who I am and that's the basis of this app. Um, and so as I'm going and as like I keep getting more matches and I keep having conversations, I, I feel nothing. And in fact, like, it's exciting, but it left me feeling so empty and actually pretty annoyed. For those of you who really know me, you know I hate texting. So why did I join an online dating app? I don't know. I hate texting. I love talking, obviously, because I'm doing a podcast. But I hate texting. I would call somebody any day, every day over texting them. I also can't spell to save my life. So there's that. And so I just got really annoyed. Like, this was like a chore. This is something I had to do. Um, I just didn't want to, like, get to, like, have to do this every day. And there was a point where I was having over 50 conversations with people. With 50 different people. So 50 different people I was having conversations with. When's the last time you've been, like, trying to pursue intentionality with 50 different people? It could be not even relationship-wise, but friendship-wise. It's freaking hard, okay? And no, that's not how it's supposed to be. That is a lot of intentionality. No. I mean, if you're thinking about it right now, no, don't do it. Because you're going to go insane. In fact, one time I actually sent the wrong message to the wrong person. And luckily, both of them happened to be uh, missionaries at one point in the same place. So the message kind of worked out because it was about doing missions in that, sp that specific area. So, okay, that worked out. Huh. It wasn't good. It was not good. And it's not honoring of them and it was not honoring of me. Now, I had really great conversations with really amazing guys. In fact, some of the guys on there, I was like, God, oh my word. Like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a Christian. He's cute. He's creative. 
And, ooh, I don't know. Seems like possible potential. I don't know why I'm talking like this. This, me and my friends often talk in accents. So you just, this is literally how I talk to my girlfriend. So you're getting some real Abigail action right now. And in all of the conversations were really good. Some of them were uh, deeper and richer than others. Um, but it did teach me like how to interact with guys uh, more. Like, I mean, I interact with a lot of guys, but not like with the idea of like, yo, we could possibly date. Like just that out front in the open. Um, and it taught me a lot about asking good questions and all that different stuff. Um, so there was some positives to this. Um, but you see, there was a reason why I kept feeling frustrated every time I got done with the conversation. You see, I developed loneliness in this even more so because then as I started moving into deeper into this COVID-19 thing, I got separated from my school. I got separated from my routine. I got thrown into a different routine, a different place. And that just makes everything feel so unstable. And in, I don't know about you, but I'm grieving. I'm, I'm sad that I'm not at my university. I'm sad that I don't get to see um, my residents. I'm sad I don't get to see my staff. I'm sad I don't get to see my professors, my friends, the community members, my, my family, what people I call family there. I'm sad about that. I'm so sad. And here I am trying to seek the same connection that I had in a place with people I don't know. In fact, I started becoming dependent, um, on conversations with someone I had no true relationship with. And in fact, it was someone's. That's not okay. And the worst part it is about it is I wish I could, I could say it was because I honestly thought like, man, I can marry this person. But in fact, it was like, yeah, I just like talking to this person. It's nice to have somebody to talk to. Did you catch it? Did you hear that? It's nice to have someone to talk to. Oof. My mother pointed that out to me. Huzzah for moms because they often know more than we do. Um, she like repeated it back to me and I was like, oh snap. Snap. That was not what I wanted to hear. And I said it. So rip. I was in it because I liked the comfort of having that connection, of having some type of companion to fill the void of that loneliness, air quotes. Um, wow. That's not good. And so I eventually... Um, did a lot of thinking and praying about this app. And uh, there was another time in it that I like dove more close, more into it because I got frustrated about another situation with a guy or a lack thereof, let's say. And, um, and that was just not good. Cause again, it was like, my heart posture was just increasingly growing worse and icky and bad and uh, like I said, like all of, like all of the conversations were great and like the, the friendships developed were great, but 
when those develop from a place of deadness, that's not healthy. And so uh, I deleted the app and it was terrible because have you ever heard of the term ghosted or ghosting? It basically means like not responding to people, leaving them unread, stuff like that. Um, Gen Zers, millennials are very much known for ghosting and it's not fun. Um, so I was adamant that I wasn't going to ghost all these people. I wasn't going to like a lot of them I created very like nice friendships with. Um, but I wasn't going to just, you know, up and leave or whatever, or, you know, just cause it's their emotions. It's their relationship just as much as it is mine. And, um, so I sent them all messages, um, explaining where my heart was at and that I'm not focusing on any relationship right now, but one really like truly one. And for me, that's my relationship with God. Y'all, uh, I need some fine tuning and the only person in my life who can really do fine tuning is Jesus. So that's who I'm focusing on and that's who I'm diving deeper into relationship with. Um, and so as I'm responding to these guys, um, it gets worse because some of them are like, oh my goodness, like, thank you for being so open and transparent and real. And I don't know why I'm talking like this, but thank you for sharing your heart and being honest. And it just makes me appreciate you more. I'm like, what? You appreciate me more because I just told you that I'm like, I can't pursue anything with you and like huzzah go for the world of others like are you kidding me god are you sure like should i stop this because ding 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 we might have a winner yes i needed to stop um and so newsflash all y'all there are good guys out there this is one thing i did learn there they are out there so hallelujah revelation um there's also people who have might have bad heart postures out there too Hallelujah. Look at yours truly. Okay. Jesus is growing me. Jesus is growing me. Um, so my, my time of loneliness has increased, my level of loneliness has increased so much in this time. And it started even really before COVID-19 took off. And it was because at first I, I didn't feel like I had that companion and that I, for somehow, like thought that okay people are telling me and also I'm telling myself that maybe that companionship might make me happier in life or fulfill me more it didn't it really didn't it did not add like anything because it well for one probably um was not in good nature as like it wasn't produced from a great heart posture and two no one really can add anything to you they can make your life fuller, but they can't add anything to you. Just saying there's a difference. And no one's going to make you feel less insecure. No one's going to make you feel um, more complete. And nobody's even going to make you feel less lonely. They're great distractors for loneliness. But they're not going to get rid of that. You see, my deep-rooted loneliness... <laughs> was I wasn't okay with me 
and I literally could not be physically alone, which is weird because it's something for many know that's like my love language is moments where it's just me, myself, and I, which is probably egotistic. I don't know, but that is how I recharge people. I want to be in the woods alone with nobody else but Jesus. Like, I I love that. It's it's a, a great time. Um, but there's things in my life that were shifting and moving that had to be uprooted. And I was not about to go there. And so I went somewhere else to distract me, to f- f- try to fill that up, to, to try to cover those weeds. And no matter how much I tried to plant flowers or um, put cute little decorations by those weeds, the weeds were still there and they're still weeds. No matter how much you blend a weed in a bushel of flowers, you can still tell which is a weed and you can still tell it's there. I needed to uproot some things in my life. I needed to allow God to uproot some things in my life. I needed to go to those dark places. Um, and I still am very much in the thick of that. I'm, uh, this is pretty fresh y'all pretty fresh. So just being transparent and real. Um, so my loneliness drove me to distractions that were unhealthy. And I had different various levels of loneliness. Now it's more isolation. Um, actually, I'm not too isolated. I still have a job that I have to work. And I thankfully am able to stay with and live with family in this time. But before it was that level of not feeling connected with a companion and now it's like that plus social isolation because I'm not able to really interact with friends or whatever and a lot of people and have that physical human hug that is just desperately needed I'm not a touchy-feely person or a hugger but man this is a time where I feel like God may be uprooting that and be like Abigail just hug some people I mean obviously not right now but just like hugging is a gift like soak it up so that's another thing. Um, so what form of loneliness are you struggling with? And how are you discerning what areas of loneliness that are leading you to distractions? Maybe some of you are coping with it well. Or maybe some of you aren't. Are you lonely? Loneliness is not an excuse for unnecessary behavior like mine. There was no excuse to drive me to do what I did. And in fact, because of it, I unnecessarily toyed with people's emotions and hearts. That's pretty selfish, isn't it? It is. Now, was I cognizantly, consciously, whatever, thinking that at the time? No, I wasn't intentionally being like, I just want to mess with some people's hearts. But that is what I did. And I will always have to carry the weight of that. Now, did I, you know, like I said, things were all good and rated G. But no matter what, when you involve other people to satisfy or fill or band-aid that need of loneliness, it's going to hurt. Because you're going to have to rip that off. And that's going to hurt other people, not just yourself. 
one lesson very hardly, not hardly, that was a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. And I talked with those people and I righted my wrongs. I guess I don't know if you can really right your wrongs, but you can do the right thing to put them in place to heal. And I did that. I didn't ghost people. I talked to them. We had conversations. And they were very gracious. And I'm thankful for that. So whatever you're doing right now, are you that mom or are you that wife who's frustrated with her husband and instead of going to him with things, are you finding it in gossiping about other people? Are you finding it in judgment about who is buying how much toilet paper or who's wearing a mask or not? Are you finding it on online chat rooms or online dating sites like me? Are you finding it in food or alcohol? How are you suppressing it? Are you finding it um, through your work, trying to overwork, trying to be the best mom, trying to prove that, hey, I can make Pinterest projects like Karen, okay, okay, posting it on Instagram and Facebook, look, look, these pancakes are in the shape of an elephant and there's chocolate chips in them. I don't know why I'm talking like this again, but you know what I mean, don't you? You've thought that. Or are you suppressing it in a way where you're just encumbered by it? Where you're stuck in your bed and you're not doing anything about it? Maybe you're not trying to uh, fill a void, but maybe you're, you're surrendering to that loneliness. That's not good either. Now, I'm not saying there can't be moments where we feel that and we sit in that. Ooh. But loneliness, again, is not an excuse for unnecessary behavior. And that is including filling the void of loneliness and surrendering the void to a loneliness. Loneliness is something that we have to be intentional about addressing. And that means it's going to be hard and ugly and every part of it's going to suck. But loneliness is something you can only deal with alone. Girlfriend, men, if you were listening, go into that arena that I addressed in my last podcast and go fight. Take some swings. Go battle yourself. Because loneliness is something that can drive you forward or something that can take you away from really feeling the fullness of life. But the thing is, is that as though, even though loneliness is valid and it is something we all feel every day, like I said, we have all felt loneliness in some way, shape, or form. It is on us to choose what we are going to do with that feeling. Because it's a choice. To surrender or to pick up your pants. Put on pants if you're, if you're just sitting in the bed. Move forward and do the next right thing. 
don't be blind and hit that dang wall like I did. Stop overthinking. Stop trying to search for that need for companionship in other people or satisfy that need for loneliness in other people or things or objects or careers or purposes or roles or titles or the way you look or how you dress, where you live. Pick up yourself, open your eyes and take the next best step. If you're that person in bed, go take a shower. I believe in you. You are strong enough to get up and go take a shower. You're strong enough to get up and bring your kids breakfast today. You're strong enough to get up and open your laptop and start your homework. You are strong enough to get up to just sit and journal. You are strong enough to get up to admit that you've made choice. You've made poor choices because of loneliness and that you've hurt people and you are strong enough and good enough to apologize I think a lot of us have been judgmental in this time and I'm not judging you for where you're at and where and how you're working through your loneliness but I'm calling you up I don't judge you because I am you being real I have been where you're at maybe not that exact same situation but ladies gentlemen I've been there we all have but we have got to stop judging each other for how we fight our battles and we have got to stop judging each other for anything and everything in life okay because that is not fixing your heart posture And that is not a good heart posture in itself. So, you're lonely. You got a bad heart posture. I'm going to ask you the same thing I had to ask myself. What are you going to do about it? I love you all. And you can get through this time. We are here. We are all feeling the pressures of loneliness. We are all trying to just get through this. You've got this. You can. I love you all. And I hope you have a good rest of your week. And I hope you actually have a bad rest of your week. Because good and bad and the ugly, it is all good. Because it all cultivates us. Choose to be cultivated today. Choose the hard. Choose that fight in the ring, in the arena, and choose to stand strong. Like everybody keeps saying, let's stand strong together. I love you all. Have a good rest of your day. And I cannot wait to talk with you all next week. Abigail out.